Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Cheaters, welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? Doing well, Josh. Thanks. Yeah, nine tenths of the way through game week one. And I would suggest that was a roller coaster of a weekend. I mean, yeah. to boot, to boot, some drama too uh, around the game week one deadline, which we might we'll get, get to into. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, how are you feeling? How are you feeling after this weekend? I mean, it's a, a mixed bag as far as everyone's team goes. But when you step back and look at it, all the popular picks returned, but nobody really went off apart from everyone's favorite captain, Erling Holland. And I guess you yeah. have to throw Isak with his brace in there. Beyond that, I'm feeling like chaos, but manageable chaos. Yeah, I think Holland, as we were joking, you and I met up at uh, a bar in Manhattan called Smithfield Hall yesterday to watch the matches. And uh, we were joking that it, the, the game, at this point, you basically have a, a lineup of 10 players that you make, right? And, and captaincy. The captaincy does not exist at the moment. <laughs> and yeah. and Holland is, is a perma player. Now, of course, you can go without him, but he basically scored two goals on two touches. And I don't know when he's going to stop doing that. Like barring, barring, barring injury, yeah. he will get the ball and he will score. Erlen Holland is the goal Roomba, Brandon. And I'm, yes. I've said this before in the pod. I'm going to keep saying it until it takes off. The yes. man is a Roomba for goals. He hoovers them up. Yeah. That's a different device, actually. This Hoover, Hoover doesn't own the Roomba, do they? I don't think so. I think you're thinking about the iRobot co- uh, Corporation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I, I'm picturing Holland out there bumping up against the corner flags, uh, trying to find his way to the six yard box. And then. Boom, suddenly his little gold tray is filled with soccer balls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's. I think it was a fun game week, too. My team is fine. I, I, I'm not going to look at my overall rank at all, honestly. I have three players to play tomorrow. Uh, I have like, like you, right? Do you have three tomorrow as well? I do, yeah. So we both have Rashford and Bruno, plus uh, we have a share of the United defense. You have uh, Luke Shaw, and I have Onana in goal. Right. Right. So we both have three players to go. So I'm only eight 11s through. And I, I, I looked briefly. I was like in the two millions or something like that going into this afternoon. And it, it's just it's just too early. I mean, at, th- at this point, you're one game week away from jumping a million spots up or down. And I'm just not going to worry about that at all until we're, we're a handful of weeks in. I mean, I think it's, you know, if you, if you got up to a great start, that's that's yeah. awesome. Like, go ahead and celebrate. I saw some people. Being like, hey, it's a 38 game week season. Don't get too excited. It's like, why not get excited? Get, <laughs> yeah. get game week, get excited whenever that may happen. You don't know, they, they don't always come around. Right. It's <laughs> the complaint leveraged against the U.S. women's national team at the World Cup. Like, why are you celebrating uh, moving through the group stage with a draw? You yeah. should be, this should be a somber affair. No, yeah. I agree. We, we, we play FPL because it's fun. And I think it's, it's actually even more optimistic than that if you're, if you're 10 to 20 points behind, you know, like your pack leaders in your mini leagues right now, I I was looking at our mini league of roughly 40 managers, 20 points behind somebody in fifth in at a 50 K rank. I'm at 2.5 million. 
that's just 20 points that I could make up. I guess what I, the, the point I wanted to make there was I'm looking at all the people at the top of the mini league all have maybe one, if not zero players left to go. So I mm-hmm. do think coming out of the weekend, it's still really tightly bunched. As I was saying, like not many people exploded. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really just a factor of a Joe Pedro goal or a, a Chilwell assist that yep. separate separate Saliba, that beautiful Saliba assist for you and for you and many others. So let's, let's get right into, okay. So that, okay. Well, first of all, mm-hmm. the theme of this week's pod are 10 things we think we think after game week one. It's a nod, Brandon, to the, the legendary Peter King, who used to do this Monday. He might still do it. I don't know. I this this Monday, you know, it's one of those things, you know, it's these these sports writers, at least in America, they all they all can move around to different websites. They're constantly moving and they're they're at they're at the athletic for three months and they move somewhere else. So he might still be doing it. I lost track of him at some point. But anyway, 10 things we think we think after game week one. We're gonna run through a bunch of different thoughts. We're gonna talk about uh, early promising early players. We're going to talk about Liverpool. We're going to talk about uh, the plethora of goalkeeper options that we suddenly have. So lots of, <laughs> right. lots of different thoughts. I, I think it'll be a nice way for us to move through everything that happened this weekend. And then also cast an eye towards game week two, game week three, um, things like that. So it's going to be kind of uh, some practical thoughts and advice. Uh, but before that, yeah, you got to see bad Josh for, I, I came out of it. I came out the other side Earlier than I was expecting, there was a moment when I was, there was so much steam coming out of my ears yesterday morning that I thought I might leave. I might leave before the the main fixtures kick off because I'm so annoyed right now. I was thinking Uh, about it. I, I realized watching sports live with you is like being trapped in an airplane, a non-smoking airplane with a chain smoker. Like... (laughs) <laughs> there was so it was like this level of anxiety that you that was palpable and yeah that for for me yeah. all there was to do was just to look straight forward and talk to myself I know and then and then inevitably when the clean sheet was gone I did you the favor of not saying anything to you either I just I just looked straight ahead and didn't acknowledge <laughs> it anyway I think I did tweet let's go with like 35 o's after it but so you and I did I believe we did 7 FPL preview pods. We did two YouTube shows. More to come across all fronts, right? We'll do it. <laughs> do a Patreon pod this week. So mm-hmm. we spent we yeah you know, and, and you know we we put in a lot of time this summer talking about uh, players and and mm-hmm. who we want and ranking pe- people and put together our own team. And right up until the deadline, I was working on my team, and the site was starting to get shakier and shakier right yeah. and we i i yep. and so i was like all right let me just see what happens with the man city team sheet but part of me was like i don't really want to make any changes super late so the deadline in the in on the east coast is 130 uh and at around 115 i was like i think i'm good i you know it's like i don't i just don't want to go back in there i don't want to make the mistake of starting to tinker with things and have the site break down on me and then i'm stuck right mm-hmm. and so i went and got lunch and i was like i'm just gonna I'm just, I'm going to check out for the final 15 minutes. Like I, I don't plan to have any men's city players. Nothing's going to happen. That's going to change that. So what happened was a very popular YouTube account a fantasy YouTube account leaks out with five minutes to go that there's a strong rumor that Gabriel in a mortal lock in Arsenal's defense for, for multiple years, uh, who nobody, one of the most popular, highly owned defenders in fantasy, it leaks out that he is likely not going to be starting in uh, in game week one. 
And so I was, everyone, I was watching this. I was watching yeah. this stream, by the way, yeah. Uh, yeah. as it happened. Yeah. Yeah. So this 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 leaks out, and everyone who's watching this stream rushes to drop Gabriel or move him to the bench for Chilwell or or bring in Saliba or something like that. Uh, meanwhile, I am happily eating uh, my just salad salad. Uh, mm. Love, love that just salad, crispy chicken poblano, Brandon. Delicious salad. Highly recommend nice. it. I think that might just be in New York, but it's a good good company. If you're ever out this way and you're if you're on a business trip, it's a great Order business by trip mail. lunch. Yeah, exactly. It's a uh, so I'm eating my salad and then someone's and I post my team and someone's like, oh, interesting. You still have uh, Gabriel, huh? And I was like, what? why? Yeah. <laughs> like, what's going on? And um, yeah, and so it was it was just it was a very it was a very frustrating moment because I kind of, I, I hung tough and I was like, listen, we don't know, but I kind of already knew. I knew, I, I knew there was, I, <laughs> you, I knew he was, I, A, I knew it, it had, it was le- very likely to be true. And B, I knew that he was definitely going to come on in like the 87th minute. And so at that point, even though I'm an Arsenal supporter, I am watching the entire Arsenal match rooting. I don't even care if Arsenal lose at this point. I'm so annoyed about the people who got this like edge and, and were able to move Saliba or start someone else that I am actively rooting against Arsenal. Like that, that's, that's the state, that's the phase that I'm in, uh, out of mm-hmm. my fury. And then, um, would you, would uh, you qualify that as an irrational mood, uh, somewhere between that and rational? I mean, I do, fa- I do two fantasy podcasts a week with you, Mr. Kelly. I mean, I, <laughs> I, I, at this point, I think fantasy has won out over, over individual team fandom. That's, yeah. that's probably not true for most of the listeners, but Lord knows it's true for me. And so acceptance um, is the first step. Exactly. I'm a fantasy person first. And, I mean, would yeah. you say you are too? Are you, I mean, you're, I don't know. You maybe you're, you're still, but you, you don't support a club that's, that's as like, well, I, I, yeah, <laughs> yes, it's true. But I had to root across your face. Uh, cause the Everton Fulham match was over your, <laughs> over your face while mm-hmm. you had Pickford in goal. And I thought uh, I reacted fine when he lost that clean sheet. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do anything. I just, oh I yeah. Just, I stood yeah. up and towered over you and, uh, um, but but I, I I think there is there is certainly a balance, and I think most people listening would would speak to that balance of I support a team, but I also really enjoy fantasy. By and large, the two don't really meet. Yeah, it's 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 all it all adds to the the color of of the sport and the fantasy. So I think it's complicated. It's complicated, and so I you know I I don't want to belabor this. It's it, we're we're in the, we're in the first week of the season, and I don't want to start talking about rule changes or whatever. This was a known problem. This was a problem that happened late last season, and, and nothing was done to fix it. And uh, clearly, the solution is to do an NFL fantasy style situation where you can change squads before every you you can you can change your lineup or burn points to bring in somebody or whatever uh, before every match kicks off. That is. And then everybody gets an equal playing field. And I mean, there's this idea that somehow 90 minutes is fair for everybody, but it clearly isn't right. It's, there's a huge edge to people who are getting these team sheet leaks. Um, and so I guess my point here, Brandon is I want the leaks too. Okay. If you're listening to this podcast and you are a, um, you're a, you're, you're at a club or you work for sky sports or BBC or whatever, uh, if you have an in at a club, you share them. Share them with your buddy, Josh, the host. Okay. At this point, and here's what I'll say. I'll be democratic about it, Brandon. Okay. Mm -hmm. Or I'll be open. Mm -hmm. When I get those leaks, I promise to share them. Okay. Unless the person leaking doesn't want me to. 
But in general, if you give it to me, I'm getting that out into the world. Okay. <laughs> I, there's the cheaters are, and they're not even cheating exactly, but the people who are getting like the equivalent of like insider trading are, are winning right now. And I want to be a winner too. Okay. I don't want to sit here and bemoan it. I just want to start cheating as well. It's like, it's like, it's like people cheating their taxes because they see, they see other, they see billionaires cheating their taxes. Like, why am I not cheating to my taxes the way they are? And so oh I want to, I want to cheat. I want to cheat on my taxes too. I want people to leak clean sheet, a team information. And then we will share that on Twitter. We'll share it on our discord. We will get the word out to you, the listener. Okay. Let's, let's even the playing fields by, by let's, let's push this cheating as far as we can go is what I'm saying. Let's push it so far that the game has no choice to either, you know what? I don't think it's going to change. So why, no. why, why don't we just lean into it? Give us the information and always cheating. We'll share it with everybody. Okay. We'll share it far. We'll share it wide. Okay. Yeah. We're going to get the information out. We're going to level that playing field. If we have people in Australia, you know what? Let's do push notifications. Okay. We'll start sending push notifications out to yeah, you. Put the you sound on, on the push notifications. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You can so pop wake up. You up. You can see the always cheating push notification. Ah, okay, great. Now I've got to go. Uh, I got to go make this change. So mm-hmm. give give us this information. If you don't have it yourself, you tell us someone who does, and we'll reach out to them. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna make this happen. I refuse to let one single account dictate ever like, like that one single account and and their viewers dictate who gets the inside scoop. Okay. I want a more democratic playing field. Okay. These, the, the leaks should always be taken with a grain of salt, but I have to say they're usually pretty accurate. The kind of leaks that that are like good enough to share, wouldn't you say like nine times out of ten they actually turn out to be true? Like they're it, they're they're pretty consistently accurate. The ones that, that leak out. I'm I'm not entirely sure if it's that or if it's a wisdom of the crowds thing, where in particular Twitter, uh, everyone's paying attention and they've sniffed out the oh the last time this person quote unquote leaked a lineup it was wrong, so we don't trust them. Yeah. So when the leaks that start getting shared are the ones that people historically trust. So yeah, you, exactly. I, I you do feel like the, a lot of the ones that spread tend to be the ones that are pre-vetted, you yeah, know, you the, block, the accounts anyway. That's right. And you block the wind up merchants. So I am being completely serious. I'm not being facetious at all. We want the leaks and then we're going to share them with people <laughs> because <laughs> I'm not going to go through a whole season being left out the way I was this game week. Okay. I want in. And I'm going to keep talking about this until people start to send us via DM, via email. I don't care what it is. You share those leaks with us, and we're going to get the information out there. I am not joking, okay? So there's where we are. That's the leak drama. Josh Landon is all in on insider trading. I am I am all about it. Uh, let's go, baby. All right, so I want to get into our 10 things we think we think after game week one, Brandon. Uh, first, though, I wanted to – we had a, a just an absolute – incredible, really heartening surge of new Patreon supporters. Thank you so much uh, to everybody. Uh, Patreon's still open. Uh, the Discord's open to, pl- to Patreon supporters at any pledge level. Um, the uh, extra podcast each week is open to virtually every pledge level as well. Uh, so if you want to go to patreon.com slash always cheating uh, to support the pod, uh, thanks again. We had a great conversation with the general. He joined us on Monday. We really enjoyed it. That's an ever, it was a you know, what you might call an evergreen fantasy conversation, Brian, yeah. just sort of a general, general combo about managing your inputs and, and getting uh, sort of smarter about the way you consume FPL information. Right. And so I highly recommend recommend going back and listening to that. That's on our supporters feed. Uh, but Brendan, do you want to thank our newest producer patrons? Quite a nice. Oh man, there are, there are a ton here. So uh, I'll try to read quickly, but big thanks to Sam Driver, Lawrence, Chris, Frajone, Crafty Bob, uh, Rudug, 
Richard Carl, Jeffrey Weber, Jeffrey Jibalina, Per Barkistan, Chris Carter. Great to see you back in the fold, Chris. Look forward to chatting with you on the Discord. Sam Crook, Matthew Conley, Henrik Walgren, Ryan Kane, Daniel Davis, Rowan Brunswick, Steph Cap, Connor O'Neill, Ronald, Ronald Geldorf, Caleb Ward, Samuel Seo, Mark Resides. Mark Resides. Hmm. JJ, Sean Murphy. John, it's like the dude abides or something like that. Uh, Jonathan Thompson and Matthew Skinner. And uh, everyone who's pledged at the $10 and above tiers, your pint glasses are in the mail. And uh, just also wanted to note, uh, we've been working with Fantasy Football Hub um, as a partner for all of our preseason content. That's both our, uh, our our FPL After Dark series, Brandon. We've had really a lot of fun. I I really have, have come to enjoy that. Just it's, it's, it's really nice to chat with people in real time, which we don't yeah. obviously, most cases, get to do on this podcast. So um, we'll, we'll, we're going to keep those going. Um, but they've also been the sponsor for our preseason podcast as well. Uh, if you go to fansfootballhub.co.uk slash always, you can get 50% off membership at any tier. Uh, you get the uh, your team rated by artificial intelligence, Brandon, AI, as very simple cool. shorten it. Uh, then you get a- access to OptiData expert team reveals. And again, part of the fun of expert team reveals is not to copy someone else's team, but it's just the fun of seeing people who are really good at the game think through their thought process and yep. why they're making decisions that they make. And so that's one of the reasons that uh, it's really cool. And uh, yeah, and uh, it, that's all this. I mean, AI, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, it's, it's like any kind of metric. It's just fun to, to look and see what the data spits out and tells you, even, even if you disagree with it, it's kind of fun just to engage with it. So go to fantasyfootballhub.co.uk slash always 50% membership on any tier. Brandon, let's take a break and we'll get back and talk about 10 things we think we think after game week one. All right, we're back. Oh, man, if everyone could just hear us, Brandon, it, it, the little break we took in between, I'm still going on <laughs> about this leak thing. I'm not going to rest until we get leaks. Okay, You're on I fire. Wanna, you are on I, fire I'm right now with this it. leak really, stuff. Yeah, if you can't beat them, join them. Okay, that's that's what I've decided. We all get there eventually, Brandon. This is like, oh, I don't want to make any money. I, I'm going to go to New York and work in publishing and, and just be broke. <laughs> and then you're like, wait a second, this this isn't any fun. Why don't yeah. I go? Why don't I try to make some money? I live in New York. This is ridiculous. Yeah, so, let's all yeah. be CEOs of online sports betting companies or something. <laughs> yeah, that sounds exactly. like a better path. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What are we doing here? Uh, all right. So, uh, Brandon, this, this, these are the ten things though we think we think, and and of course, I mean, I mean. I think ultimately the league aside, it only it only cost us a few points, and 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 I'm feeling very positive and good about about the this, the kickoff of this fantasy season. It's been the game the, the weekend is really fun. This is this is a talking point. It's not something that um, anyone should be overly upset about. Um, but, you know, we're all going to finish, or not all of us, maybe, but the the majority of us are going to finish with more than two thousand points on the season, right? So four points here or there, just it's just not worth getting too yep. too upset about. Uh, but with that said, let's get into our thoughts um, after game week one. Uh, obviously, we do have the Man United match, uh, which will be, um, I guess, today for most of the people listening um, on Monday. But we're recording this uh, late on Sunday. Um, so first first thing we think we think, Brandon, is yeah. that this is kind of an obvious one, but I think a good place for us to start, which is that the popular picks were, by and large, the right options for game week one. So I don't really love the term, the template, because I... I also think it's like kind of a moving target. The, yeah. the template can change literally in an hour and people, it's like people get mad with the template. It's like, it's moving so quickly. What are you even mad at? Right. It's like, <laughs> it's a constantly shifting, but I think there were a few players that were kind of in every, everyone's team 
kind of starting yeah. at the beginning. I had Saka, I think, from my very first draft and had Holland, obviously, as well. And Estupinon. I mean, I guess those would be the three that I definitely had. And all three of them came through. I mean, Estupinon left it late, but he still, yeah, he looked great even before that. Yeah, and I would say just generally on the defense, there was uh, there were not a lot of clean sheets to draw upon this week, yep. but everyone was delivering and attacking returns, like a Chilwell, yeah. Saliba, yep. and a Stupinon across my back line, all with assists, but nary a clean sheet, and each very close on uh, bonus points as well. Yep. So I, I think from, from the forwards and midfielders, as you mentioned, all the way through the defense, uh, just good guys. And it's funny yep. to me where, you know, we feel like maybe we're in the lower mid table with our 60 to 65 point scores. Uh, and yet virtually every one of my picks is returning. So yep. just like looking at game week one, it's shaping up to be a high flying season. I hope it holds because it's a lot more fun to see your players return uh, than it is to, to just get blanks yeah. every week. I mean, there are a couple of concerns that we'll obviously get to, but yeah, the, the, the attacking players, you highlight Saka Saka's goal, you know, while I think the threat of Arsenal kind of started to dwindle in uh, against Forrest in the second half, what we saw from Saka and Odegaard in particular was just like them picking up where they yeah. left off at their best last season as with Holland, uh, which we which we already commented on, I mean, was was there any part of you that thought Holland is not touching the ball at all at the end of last season? He didn't score in the Champions League semifinal, nor did he score in the Champions League final. Barely yeah. even got a touch in the Community Shield. Yet we all held strong, and then bang, couple of touches, couple of goals, and the captain's yeah. he delivers. Was there any point of view that was? Uh, that when you were like nervous having Holland capped going into game week one. No, I, I, I can't say that I was honestly, I, I, I wouldn't say I ever really thought twice about it. And, and part of it is just that I knew how widely, even, even before you get into the effective ownership, right. And for anybody new to due to that term, um, basically it just means that if you own a player, you, you have a hundred percent of that player. Right. And if you captain them, you have 200 percent of that player. Um, right. Because you get their score doubled. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, if you triple captain, you, you, right, you get three times. Um, so so the um, and actually one of the people in our league, uh, mini league did triple captain Holland. Right. Uh, Sam Danby. So congrats to him. Nice. 13 <laughs> points on the, on the triple captain. Nice way to start the season. Definitely. Yeah, I thought that I mean, that that performance city against Burnley was interesting because, you know, people have remarked about how Pep is just like worships the ground that Deserby walks on. And he's trying to bring a little bit of that uh, play on the counterattack, like draw in the opposition like Ederson was just standing on yeah. the ball for long stretches of, of time. And Burnley, I, I I liked this version of Burnley where they weren't just like a compact Sean Dyche defensive team. Vincent yeah. Company had them just out there, like kind of like pressing when when need be. And when they got the ball, there was um, there was some interesting movement, which means I think it was it was kind of easy for Holland to find space in the box, and I think that's what he did remarkably well on those two goals was he found the space where he needed to be where to, to score yep. the goals. And I think that's what we hadn't seen from Holland in re recent memory. So yeah. is Holland going to be able to repeat this performance against better opposition? I mean, in all likelihood, 
Yes, like historically, yeah. yes. Uh, it's yeah, so. I mean, if you, if you extend popular picks to popular captain choices, I my feeling is I'm just going to keep ha- captaining him until he gets injured or I don't know, you know, it's, uh, I don't know until I, I just can't, I really can't see a scenario where I'm not captaining him um, against anybody. I'm, I'm just trying, way to Arsenal, yep, uh, way to Liverpool, Yep. <laughs> you know, and if, if you include those two, like what's the other time that, you know, way to man well, United. I don't know. It's like one of the Saturday takeaways, which is applicable here was how far behind the curve Luton town appear to be. So I can yeah. see a game week scenario where Holland has maybe a tougher uh, on the road opponent. And you've got somebody like Rashford or Saka home Luton yeah. town. I will okay, consider let me, it. Let me ask. Sure. Let me ask you this. I mean, uh, if you had Mosala in your squad, would you captain him over Erlen Holland in game week two? Well, I mean, there's a little bit of drama that we have to address because of the way Sala was substituted. Now, how much of this Fit. is per- perform performative? Because Sala must let the world know that he cares deeply uh, only yeah. about. It took him, uh, play, what, two and a half football. minutes to, I think they added an extra minute of extra time just because of how long it took him to get those gloves off. It was, it took forever. Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen Salah do this before, but what's going on there? And Liverpool, uh, th- it was just a strange performance from them. They looked sensational for the first 20, 25 minutes, but then Chelsea kind of figured out the midfield and Gallagher and Enzo Fernandez were just laying waste to the Liverpool midfield. Clearly that could change like which one of these midfields is going to get their hands on Caicedo and that, that can change the fate of somebody like Mo Salah and Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. Liverpool dude. I mean, even though McAllister was actually pretty good, I thought today, uh, it does feel like, um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, they, they could probably just keep playing him there. Maybe the, I, I guess you lose something in the central midfield spot, right? If you have to play McAllister out of position, he's certainly competent enough to play there. But yeah, I thought I thought it was an interesting that that match was. Um, well, I mean, okay, I guess we can talk about Nicholas Jackson a little bit here because um, he was a popular pick, got very popular as time wore on, and Kuka got injured. Um, I feel like we had at least one other forward that got injured too. It became uh, it was kind of heavily rumored that Darwin wasn't going to start. He had been a popular. Um, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily among us, you and me, but like a popular, um, pick, but among many. And so I sort of found myself with dart with, um, with Jackson and my team. And it, it was like, I didn't necessarily even want him that much, but it was sort of, it just made sense. Um, yeah. I could afford him and suddenly I, I had Jackson and I thought, I thought he played well, but I, you know what? I, I thought he played well. He got the yellow card is whatever. I'm not worried about that, but I think, um, uh, he had some, ch- I think he seemed a little nervous out there and also he's playing Liverpool. I mean, he's, you know, it's Virgil van Dijk, when Virgil van Dyke is in the box trying to stop you from scoring goals, he's generally going to win that battle. Right. So it's not going to, he's not going to be playing Virgil van Dyke most game weeks. So then they, do they play, um, I think I'm trying to remember who they play in game week two. Is it a way to wolves? Uh, no, that's, that's, um, that's a uh, Brighton, uh, Chelsea play, um, West Ham away. West Ham, yeah. So away to West Ham. I think that's. I think that's fine. And then, and then in game week three, Chelsea play um, home to Luton. Uh, game week four, Chelsea play home to Forest. So certainly, I'm, I'm planning to hold Jackson through game week four. But what did you think about Nicholas Jackson? I'm higher than you on Nicholas Jackson. I thought his performance was actually really good. I'm not sure if I don't think he looked for the record. Yeah, I don't think he looked nervous so much as it was just. Chelsea trying to gel as a team. You could see yeah. 
that they, you know, were still trying to develop some chemistry with all of these new players, particularly Chuka Mekwa. I mean, he had a nightmare, like, first 15 minutes, and then he looked amazing for the rest of the match. So I could just see this Chelsea team, like, growing in understanding and chemistry, even just within the course of 90 minutes. So going into game week two, I feel super high on Nicholas Jackson. I'm actually really glad that I'm already as invested in Chelsea as I am, because based yep. on that Liverpool performance, I think they're going to have a really, really good. And oh, so well, but, well, we'll talk. Okay. Let's, you know what? I'm going to put the, I'm going to push just because we're already talking about it, Brent. I'm going to reorder um, our questions here just a little bit and let's put, let's put Ben Chilwell second um, on our little list here so we can move right to him. Because I think that num- uh, thought number two thing, we think we think number two, Brandon is Ben Chilwell. And these are all collective. These are not just my thoughts. These are, I'm channeling you here as well, but yeah. this is actually mostly you as I'm, I'm only, I'm barely involved. Um, uh-huh. Ben Chilwell looks like he could be this season's highest scoring defender thoughts. Yes. No. Yes. I agree with this thought that I had. Uh, <laughs> it, it is a thought I had. He was so far up the pitch. I mean, it's ridiculous, like uh, out of position in favor of our fantasy teams. He was, hardly a wing back he was just a winger he was waiting yep. for the ball it's it like rico henry was kind of doing some of this for brentford too just like almost waiting on the midfield line to help bring the strikers in the, yeah. into the attack but the 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 confidence the class the fitness that seems fully back for chillwell and every is all of his teammates were looking for him at the back post I love it. Yeah, it's going to be goals, assists, and presumably clean sheets in the next month because Chelsea have the best fixtures just looking yeah. at uh, at all the metrics of any Premier League team for the next month. Is it really sustainable, this, um, this plan that Liverpool have to – like basically keep a quarter of the pitch undefended and hope nobody ever plays a high ball into the, it's like, Oh yeah. Trent's going to play as a midfielder in attack. It's like, well, you know, like <laughs> attack can turn into defense pretty fast, you know, <laughs> like a ball gets intercepted or I mean, most Salah, I, I, I assume that's why most Salah was seven in the 75th minute, by the way, was because he gave the ball away in a pretty bad spot. Almost, yeah. almost led to a Liverpool or I mean a Chelsea goal. Um, it just, I, I don't know. Is that really going to work like this? It just feels like there's so much space over there. And Ben Benchel was so good at exploiting it in, in that match. And so I, I'm feeling incredibly high on him. I mean, Reese James leaves with an injury late or, or whatever. I mean, people are already trying to downplay it. But listen, you just don't want Reese James holding his leg and kind of shaking his head ruefully. I'm sorry. I don't care. I don't care if he didn't go straight down the tunnel. That is just that is another moment of terror right there for for Chelsea supporters and anyone who has. James yeah. He, he, he may be cursed. He did. He did look kind of like, um, he was smiling a bit, but I, I agree. Like one- that was a rueful smile. <laughs> that's a, that's gallows humor. Brandon, he was thinking of a dark <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> Can you believe my luck? He says, um, yeah. Also, also I was enjoying a game where the captaincy armband changes arms, uh, not once, but twice. Yeah. It went from James all- to Chilwell and then to, uh, God, I forget who uh, maybe it was Silva. It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I would I would much rather have Chilwell, obviously for 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 that reason. I saw a couple of teams where they were doubled up on Reese James and Chilwell. If it were for certain that Reese James was fit, it seems like great fun to have both of them yeah. going into this this run of fixtures for Chelsea. But Chilwell is definitely he at five point five. 
he's this season's trippier. Like the prediction would be he is this season's trippier. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a fair. I mean, a, a Stupidon has to be in that conversation too, because um, he looks mm-hmm. absolutely incredible as well. It's kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah, like you said, you know, Henry had an assist as well. Um, a lot of a lot of fullbacks played well. I actually thought um, this isn't even really a fantasy thing because he's not really a player to own in fantasy. But um, I was watching Kyle Walker in uh, the, the kickoff match and just thinking, at what point do we have to really start talking about him as one of the greatest ever Premier League defenders? I mean, he's just kind of it's just his longevity is incredible. Right. And he's just, he just does a job for, for man city and has done it for so many years now since he moved over from Spurs. And it's like, I don't know. I mean, he's just, he's a really, really terrific yeah. player. I think the fact that the modern fullback does more things than Kyle Walker does, particularly in the attack uh, is, is why he gets the short shrift. But yeah, like continually his pace yeah. But I mean, like the more he Pep's, ages, yeah. like the faster he seems to get. And I know, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like less, yeah. he's, he's, I guess he's smarter. Like he knows exactly where to cut off the pass or where to cut off the runner. Yeah. He's always in control when he's yeah. uh, in, on the back foot. It's incredible. Maybe he's just an especially good fit for Man City or something like that. But I, I mean, Pep is a modern manager, right? And he still plays him. So I, I think it's, I think it's something about the way he kind of overloads the, Whatever. This is like not. We'll we'll, we'll leave this for uh, you and me. This is always cheating time. talks yeah. out of butt uh, section <laughs> of podcast. <laughs> well, speaking of defenders, let's keep the defender conversation going because point number three here, Brandon, is I talked yeah. about Gabriel Gator either, and, I, and I'm anxious going to be waiting in my my DMs and emails and uh, and everywhere else for for these leaks that are going to start coming my way. Um, you know, I I'm not going. I don't want like a pay for place. Well, anyway, let's let's, let's, let's table this. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> There are plenty of Gabriel replacements, right? But yeah. you can also hold for another week. I know that's a little bit of a hedge, but I will. Here's what here's what I'm thinking. And uh, if you if you don't need to replace him, just hold him. Give him mm-hmm. give it another week. Uh, Arteta should come out and say some things at press conferences. If he doesn't start in game week two, I think you can safely dump him and get He's rid. Good on. I yeah. yeah. I may I may decide to move him this week if it looks like his prices. I haven't actually been following the price. Maybe his price has already dropped. Uh, if so, I'm just going to have to take that one on the chin. Is, have, have they already done some price changes? Let's do a quick peek here. Bro. Well, I'm going to take a peek at Gabrielle here just to use him as our as our as our still example. at 5.0. Okay, so maybe yeah, I'm not I'm not sure we you know the the price changes have even started to happen yet, honestly. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see. But anyway, uh, I think. I think it's fine to hold him and just kind of see where we are because he, if he does start again, which I, I think will it's likely to happen. I, I, what I didn't feel like Arsenal were so tremendously strong defensively in yesterday's match that, um, that I was like, Oh yeah, they don't, they just don't need Gabriel. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I rate him very highly as a defender. So. Yeah. I don't know if Arteta is trying the like Pep Guardiola, I'm just going to disrespect my opponent and play one less defender than I normally do to get Maybe. more attackers into play. And and Partey was kind of like, well, I guess Partey and Ben White were uh, completed the back four, but they were really just playing a back three with, with seemingly yeah. no wingbacks, just wingers. And that's true. Um, then they got totally caught I don't in the know break, if, right? You can see that. Yeah, goal. so I, I don't yeah. know if Arteta's going to play that strategy game in, game out. But when they're playing who I believe to be lesser opposition at home, well, it's going to be a, a festival then, atmosphere, then which, why not? Which is the nightmare scenario, right? The nightmare scenario is 
Gabriel starts all of the hardest matches <laughs> right, and gets yeah. rotated out for all of the easiest home fixtures. The, uh-huh. the absolute worst case scenario and often gets subbed on to protect a lead in the 87th minute. Um, I may have just talked myself into transferring out Gabriel immediately. Um, I think, I think Ben Chilwell playing so well has resolved a little bit of a dilemma for me though, because I had been thinking a little bit about um, how I sort of have uh, four defenders that I want to consistently play. Uh, and that included Gabriel. And so if I move him on for possibly someone like Matty Cash, um, then I think that it's uh, or, or or Paw, you know, the the handsomest man in in, in the Do world. Do not possibly. get Pau Torres. Yeah. First of all, Aston Villa. We maybe we need to <laughs> save true. a separate thought. <laughs> That's true. They're a disaster area, and Pau Torres looked completely clueless when he got that, onto the pitch. I think I think we have to cut them a little slack. I think Mings is kind of a. I mean, he's a hugely important player for them. And for him to go off with what seems to be a very serious injury, I think I think it discombobulated them a little bit. I'm not sure they were really because mm-hmm. I thought they were playing reasonably well uh, until until that injury. Once the injury was happened, he was kind of uh, you know all, all bets were off. So I think um, if you can get to Van Dyke, if you if you don't have Ben Chill and you can get to him, the problem is that Gabriel's only five million. So. Obviously, if you don't have Estupin on yet, I think that he's yeah. the obvious replacement, but most people listening probably will have him. Um, so if you can get to Chilwell, I think that's an option. You could consider Colwell, the Chelsea, um, the 4.5 million center back. I didn't think he had an especially good game. Uh, he got very lucky on that solid goal, the offside goal. He almost, he almost played him yes. on. Um, but, uh, so, but he is, a, he's another cheap option. I mean, they have these two really easy home fixtures coming up. Um, so that would be another one. I mean, I'm trying to think, um, just, I, I guess part of the reason why I think it's okay to hold a week for Gabriel is looking at game week two, the game week two fixtures. And it reminds it's another, there's another Friday match, um, for us, for us play Sheffield. Um, I don't see that one fixture that where I'm like, oh yeah, I would love outside of maybe Van Dyke, but again, he's 6 million. It's hard to get there. Right. Um, I, so, you know, Spurs, they play Man United, Man City host Newcastle. Chance I, Man City keep a clean sheet there, but I, yeah. I could see them conceding. I would view this Gabriel move not through the lens of game week two, though, because you're already at the point where you're spending a transfer that you didn't expect to spend in your defense. Right. You'd much rather be spending your transfers in your midfield and your forwards to try and jump on attacking form. So yep. I would just look at whatever the best defender in that price point is for the next, you know, one to two months. So I would be looking at Sven Botman at Mm -hmm. 4.5, even though yes, they're away at the Etihad. Newcastle were awesome against Aston Villa. Rico Henry, who was, who was despite my better judgment in the, top 10 of our top yeah, defender rankings and he was good right yeah he was good johan really advanced you were you were you were you were not very high in wissa either and he had a nice little nice little goal so well you know i to, to backtrack a little bit or backpedal i was brandon just brandon kelly like, spin zone has, <laughs> has just entered the room I'm trying to fade brentford and i was proven wrong i thought they looked very strong against spurs uh, in a very interesting com- competitive yep. match, all of Brentford's assets look pretty good. Uh, yep. So, I, and then and then to go even cheaper at four if Van Heck at Brighton continues to start, mm-hmm. uh, you know Brighton have good fixtures even in game week two where they uh, are away at Wolves. Yeah. So Van Heck, if you wanna, if you're looking at another attacking transfer where you need a little bit of cash that's an extra million that you can spend yeah. uh in your front line or midfield i think uh konate 
who I, I know he's not a very exciting uh, pick, but uh, he is another option. I think uh, he's only five million, so he's he's an exact. Basically, you're going to get a like for like center mm-hmm. back um, there, and I I, I don't really I, I, to be honest, I'm not targeting center backs at all right now with my transfers, and we're going to talk more about why in a second. Uh, but I think that is that is another option if you just like. I don't know if you just want to have a Liverpool player for this the game week two match, and I can just just for the for the sheer fun of it, Brandon, the sheer the sheer joy mm-hmm. of, of 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 having a defender on a team that leaves a quarter of their pitch undefended. Uh, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting <laughs> experiment. Fun. Yeah, what fun! <laughs> it's very high stress. It's it's like you and I sweating not having Salah. Um, yeah, this weekend it was like, my okay, god that is, was shaping is... up to be a disaster <laughs> oh, so close i couldn't believe it well I, it was a real it was like a double moment because you had the solid one which gets chalked off and i was so close and then i was kind of like then chillwell gets an assist and i was like okay i can handle that but then he scores a second yeah. later and then and then i'm I, I actually turned my tv off for a second and then i went to twitter and they're like oh, i got chalked off and i Went back and turned the TV. You're back, on. baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he was by my first bench spot. Um, all right, so let's move on to number four thing. We think we think number four, Brandon, which is um, Alvarez. Uh, probably now a well, I, I would say he is. I, I I'll I'll I won't even hedge this much. I think with with Kevin De Bruyne likely out for several weeks, Alvarez is a safe starter in the Man City squad. There's always a chance of rotation, right? I did not think that Jack Grealish would get zero minutes in, in game week one, right? There's always a chance of, of rotation. But I think he's quite a safe starter, especially because Pep sees him as a Kevin De Bruyne replacement. But the De Bruyne part of it is an important part because you have to know what you're getting with Alvarez, right? You are getting a player classified as a forward who is going to play as a midfielder. And that's fine. Like you will get assists, but I think that's going to lead to some frustration for some people who bring him in this week, right? Which is they're they're not getting uh, a tag team partner with Erlen Holland. They're getting uh, a playmaker. I don't know if that's entirely true. Uh, what you saw, which what you saw on Friday was interesting, was the the playmaking between Foden, Alvarez, and. Holland and it was like Foden and Alvarez together were meant to make a Kevin De Bruyne. Yep. I could see I could see the tactics where Alvarez is playing farther forward more as a, a front two with Holland and Foden is playing more of the KDB role. It really is a question of the fates of Grealish and Foden, how Alvarez is deployed. I thought Foden yeah played pretty well and it seemed like he was being tasked with being more the playmaker it just so happened that alvarez uh got the assist to holland because you know he just had the had the vision inside the 18 yard you made a late you made a late move for for phil foden i think we can talk about Manthony generally right now and you made a late move for phil foden for your squad once it was leaked out that he was starting uh he played well didn't get any goals is kind of immediately a doubt for starting game week two though I, i think we have to say um honestly um not that he necessarily deserves it, but just because there's there's plenty of options, right? And so are you feeling good about Foden? Is he kind of maybe first on your transfer list? Are you, you know, where are you right now with, with Phil Foden? <laughs> I don't know, to be honest. So I decided to bring him in. Uh, I brought him in prior to the Man City team sheet leak and then knew I would drop him immediately if I saw that he wasn't starting. And mm-hmm. understanding that he was going to start felt to me like fun. First match mm-hmm. of the season, 
get an attacking player on the best attacking team in the division. And it also just seemed like a, uh, an aggressive play uh, yep. uh, to, to kick off the season. He needed an attacking return ultimately to justify this aggressive maneuver. And now, yeah, generally I agree. I'm, I'm with an asset that is shrouded in doubt. De Bruyne, unfortunately going off with an injury, I do think uh, gives me more hope that Foden will see more minutes mm-hmm. in what capacity, as we've discussed, I'm not entirely sure yep. we do. We will get one more team sheet data point midweek uh, when Man City hosts Sevilla for the Super Cup. That's right. That's what right. team That's sheet is going to come out midweek? Is Foden going to be a part of it? I, I don't think this has ever worked uh, in any scientific way of like Pep rotates midweek and weekend so if Foden doesn't play midweek then he's a lock for the lineup of the weekend but at least will give us a little bit more direction so I'm waiting for that if Foden say he plays 90 against Sevilla yeah I might just transfer him out and and bring in anybody from you know Richarlison Madison yeah uh, Matoma who I, I basically dropped Matoma to bring in Foden and I thought Brighton and Matoma both looked look good Brandon this leads us right into uh thing we think we think number five Brandon which is the midfield options are stacked this Mm -hmm. season so many great midfield options and Bomo proving how valuable it is to be on pens right gets that pen gets that nice easy seven pointer this week uh Villa's Diaby uh you and I watched that uh watched that match at the at uh, the bar yesterday, and uh, ooh, Brandon, that is a long day when you start drinking at the bar at, at seven thirty or whatever seven fifty. Uh, we we were smart enough to start with some coffee, but we we probably were not so smart that we didn't start drinking a little too early there as well. Once the Guinness, you know, once I mean, once the first half's over, it's eight forty five. You know, it's time for a Guinness. Uh, but I, I thought that uh, Diaby was really impressive for Bill. I thought he looked really good. Could have scored a goal. Could have done even more. Um, and then James Madison today picks up two assists as well um and man united is still to come right they play yeah. later today so lots of different midfield options to consider i i'm, I'm honestly very curious about uh, uh, mason mount and uh what what he does tomorrow so, so you know what are you so again you, you said you maybe you move on foden if you were to move on foden are these are diaby madison and bomo i assume those would all be kind of names at the top of your list of you know, players you consider. Yeah, I think ultimately I'd first go to Matoma just because I was impressed with how uh, Brighton played. Now, again, it's it is is it the Luton is it the Luton effect that we're going to see time and time again uh-huh. this season? I don't know, but Matoma found himself in so much space on the left, yeah. and I, f- I I honestly felt lucky just to get away with him having six six points fantasy wise. I. I think it could have been a lot worse for Matoma non-owners. In terms of me being afraid behind the couch and not having Diaby at Villa, no, I'm unafraid. Also, I have Ollie Watkins. And also, I'm not sure I want any Villa player after that performance. (laughs) However, I don't know. I thought the attack looked fine. To further caveat, I, I, I guess we trust Emery. The whole reason why people are buying into the villain narrative is because Emery has become this like this trusted manager. So sure. I mean, it's the, the first game week of the season. He could, he could set it right, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm remaining cautious with Villa Uh, Spurs. I, I wonder with James Madison, just how 
it was a it was such a peculiar match that one Spurs Brentford where Brentford it was like Brentford or the better team Spurs man for man the better more expensive players I would I would suspect that Spurs will finish above Brighton by the end of the season no one's really going to argue with that but that said I wasn't quite sure how well Spurs were playing the 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 goal that Madison was involved in was a set piece. We've seen him uh, take these dead balls time again. He's like a master, a maestro of mm-hmm. delivering a dead ball. And that cross he served to Romero was perfect. Now, I saw Holly Shan's tweet. He had six key passes. Like, he's doing the thing that he always does. He's creative yep. playmaker in the midfield. I don't know. Is he too expensive? Would you go for Madison at this point? If you just had an empty spot to fill, I have to like, uh, I got a blank slate, Madison. I got to get there with him. I, I have this idea that he's just never quite as good as he should be, right? It, it's like he, he's never quite consistent enough. There's just some kind of like, I don't know. And it's like yep. maybe it's unfair, but it's like that's kind of where I, I just struggle with him a little bit. And then look who, if he's the playmaker, who's in front of him? Richarlison, I thought looked totally off it. Son yep. didn't really do much. Kulosevsky saw enough of the ball, but he also looked a little ragged. Uh, yep. So I feel like I heard this somewhere. I can't remember where, where the suspicion was Spurs are going to look kind of bad for like mm-hmm. one or one, maybe two months. And then they will be uh, one of the, one of the better teams in, in the division for the rest of the season. So we'll see how long it yeah. takes Ange to really get his, his, uh, his claws into this team. I think that's possible. I mean, I think that it's um, it's just hard to say. They're, they're just obviously like I mean, Kane is out, right? I mean, we, yeah, it's a, it's such a massive change to, to the way everything is going to going to go. I just looked a moment ago. There's some breaking news, Brandon, which apparently Spurs have entered into talks with Romelu Lukaku. Oh dear so God! So welcome, <laughs> welcome in uh, former Everton and Man United and Inter Milan and West Bromwich Albion and Chelsea. Quasi legend, uh, so, Lukaku. Okay, let's let's then think through this. Does this mean Big Rom's coming in to be backup striker to Richarlison? That would make I, most I sense to me. So. Impact, so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I think so too. Kind of like a who? Uh, what's his name? Uh, the for who was the forward of Wolves last year? He was their their backup. Um, uh, oh, Diego, Diego Costa. Yeah, kind of a Diego Costa type yes, role. I mean, sure, sure, maybe sure, that's sure. diminishing Lukaku, but he has not looked. Um, his best the last last couple of seasons. So, yep. um, yeah, I think there's there's quite a lot, and I think this is one of the reasons why I'm going into this week or this 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 kind of this week thinking about transfers, thinking about um, my own team. And even though I I had a like a, a kind of a ma- I'll call it like a B minus opening game week, uh, which is totally fine. Uh, I'm excited because I feel like there's a lot of options. I you know fan. I mean, in the Premier League. It feels like we're going to have a little bit of like a like a there's going to be some bad teams this year. It looks like, I mean, yeah. I think, um, and I, I honestly think that that's not always the case. I think there in recent years, we've had a lot of promoted teams that came up who kind of immediately looked very competent. Right. I think, um, Fulham last season, uh, Brentford mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, giving back to wolves, uh, you know, a handful of seasons before that, yeah, um, Bournemouth are just Bournemouth, suddenly yeah. a solid club. Yeah. Bournemouth are, are a solid club. Uh, Forest uh, surprisingly had a chance to, to snag a point away to Arsenal. Uh, maybe Arsenal got a little um, 
lost a little bit of their drive there and that bet shouldn't have been as close as it was but still you know they they certainly didn't run over them so uh but it feels like some of the some of the new teams this year are um might get run over a little bit so but that's that's not always a bad thing from a fantasy point of view because uh you can get some lopsided scores even when a kind of mid-table-ish club plays one of those clubs and so um that that can be a lot of opportunities there for us so um yeah i think that's i think it's exciting i think it's, it's fun to see uh just a ton of, and I think Diaby in particular, I think he's one uh, who could really uh, be in a lot of our teams in the next couple of weeks. And, and maybe Harvey Barnes, who we can talk more about later, Brandon, but I think uh, the Barnes machine, I thought he had some really impressive moments for Newcastle um, in the mm-hmm. second half of that match. Um, Brandon, let's take a break and then we'll get back and talk about our second five things, the, the, the number six through 10 of the things we think we think this game. week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Brad, we're back. Thing we think we think number six. Until things settle down. Right, so everyone's got to settle down here a little bit. Simmer down now. Simmer down now. It may be better to prioritize attacking potential over clean sheet potential when picking your defenders. So if you are making some difficult benching choices, 
uh, by the way, if you look ahead to game week three, virtually everybody is going to have a really tough time figuring out who to bench. Like everybody has a good fixture in game week three. <laughs> game week two is, is a little bit easier. But when you're looking at your like who you might want to replace Gabriel with, if you decide to make a move this week, I would lean towards a fullback. I just there's a lot even the, the problem is that because the Premier League has so much money sloshing around in it right now, even teams that are kind of. I mean, you know, even Villa is an example of this, right? I mean, Villa are, have, have improved, certainly, but Villa can now bring in a talent like Diaby, right, at the, at, the, at the deadline. And it's like even in a match where they were kind of getting pretty pretty well dominated, right, by Newcastle, he's so good, right, that they were able to, to score a goal in that match. It was a very nice-headed pass from Molly Watkins, too. But, right, there's enough, like, kind of talent across the board that it just means even good teams, even good, strong defensive teams are going to be conceding goals. And... I think that that I think will stabilize a little bit as the season goes on and as the defenses get a little bit tighter. Um, we we know in the second half of the season that happens a lot with promoted clubs or clubs that are at risk of going down. The goal tends to be all right. Can we sneak out a one nil here, right? But I think early on everyone's kind of going for it, right? And so I think that I it's I it, maybe it's just a it's a simple thought, but it just became so clear to me after this opening week, right? Estupinon concedes a goal, still gets three bonus points. Ben Chilwell concedes a goal, still gets two bonus points. Uh, I think Rico Henry might have finished in a bonus point, right? There's just like a lot of different, maybe he, he didn't, but re- regardless, he got an assist and they conceded two goals, right? So I think that there's a lot of um, a lot of fullbacks out there that are interesting, and I would be looking at them instead of looking for a like-for-like centre-back replacement. Do you have any thoughts on that? Or No, I mean, that's, that's pretty crystal clear. It's hard to argue with that, certainly. Um, yeah, I, I would just say about the points that were made about Kanate, where he can be a like for like for someone like Gabriel or Saliba. It's, it's sort of like if you can get a center back on a top four, quote unquote, team uh, yeah. for the long haul, you'll be paid back in clean sheets. Yeah. Although that's just like the only minor caveat I would add. Generally, though, I agree with you. It's just going to be a goal fest for the, for the next month. Yeah, exactly. And maybe on your first wild card, the dust settles a little bit yeah, and it's a little easier right. to, to bring in some of these. Some of these. There are some there are some four million center backs that I think are fine too, just to stick on your bench. Um, all right. So number seven, Brandon, is more of a I guess it's a statement. It's just true. This is just a I don't even think this. I know this to be true, uh, yeah. which is that we have so many great goalkeeper options this season. Right. We just late breaking news, Brandon. Um, Roberto Sanchez immediately moves to the top of the list. You were, you pointed out, I actually didn't realize that Couture had gotten injured. I, I, I was curious why that move had happened. So that, that happened just like in the last couple of days, right? Yes. Thibaut Couture did his ACL. Robert Sanchez comes into Chelsea. Kepa goes to Real Madrid. I don't understand how Chelsea was the club that sort of like broke new ground in paying, uh, you know, a kajillion dollars for Kepa back in the day. Everyone's like, wow, new era. Kepa, uh, uh, keepers are really expensive. And yeah. ever since they brought Kepa in, they have been cursed. And yeah. now they just bring in, I don't know how mean-spirited slash hot-takey this is, but just like a, a, a running series of mediocre keepers. Mendy, mediocre Robert Sanchez, fine, but probably yeah. mediocre. I didn't see any level of confidence in him playing out of the back. Yeah, a tough uh, spot, so, right? I mean, I, yeah. he like just moved to the club and he's starting fair. a day later. That's, yeah. yeah. Fair, fair, fair. But I, I do wonder if there are other keepers out there that Chelsea just somehow keep keep missing out on. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, you do wonder. I guess they still have, they maybe have time to make to make one last move. But I, you know, if they if they don't, and the, and if they do end up getting Casado, which looks like they they still might, um, then a four point five million starting keeper for Chelsea is pretty good. I mean, that's something we'll have to consider. I mean, God, Gallagher may have been the like that was the best non Crystal Palace uh, Connor Gallagher performance I've ever seen yeah. against Liverpool. All this talk, he, I know all this talk. He might get moved, and yeah, I, I thought he played well too. So it's interesting. So it's sort of like, well, just keep the Fernandez Gallagher partnership. That looks like they they're good. They have a good like good cop bad cop sort of thing going yeah. there. Anyway, back to keepers. I don't think I have an opinion on this just yet. Onana, who could be. Uh, a sneaky like best keeper in the game. We might know more after the Wolves match. Yep. Or maybe Manchester United concede a stupid goal and we still don't know anything. Okay. We haven't mentioned Burn Leno. Okay. So Isak explodes. Yeah. Erling Holland explodes. Burn Leno, 11 pointer, nine saves. Actually made, it wasn't just like everything being shot down his throat. I should. I should just uh, rewind that. It wasn't like everything was shot directly at him. Um, He made some great saves. He looked great. And I think Fulham, Fulham are just doing Fulham things and I, and you love to see it. So um, maybe burn Leno. Yeah. I think that uh, I I was impressed by Leno as well. I mean, you could argue that it it was unimpressive that they, uh, that Fulham allowed so many opportunities for Everton to score. I think Everton had like three XG in that match, which is, uh, that is quite high for a, for a match where they 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 you know did not score a single goal. So, uh, yeah, but I, two point yeah, nine xg according to FB ref, which yeah, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So, um, but I, Ariel and Turner, you have two four million options. Uh, Johnstone impressed. Um, yeah. So Leno, Sanchez, Ariel, Turner, Johnstone. I mean, you know, I, I of course I have Pickford uh, from this lot, uh, who uh, conceded I think one goal on one shot. So that was that was awesome. Uh, no, but maybe they maybe had one save near the end. But it was just uh, so I'm immediately like, yeah, he's going first wild card. The question I have now, and I don't know if you and I have have resolved this yet, is do we consider? Because you know, you have Onana. He starts away to Spurs. I, I suspect you probably just end up starting Onana because you just because Man United are, are a better team. But um, it, it is tempting to start Turner. Um, it's a Friday match. They host Sheffield United. Um, I don't know. I, I, maybe I'll just like end up going with the bookies odds here or something like that. But I think Pickford versus uh, Turner is a, t- is a tricky one for game week two. Definitely. If you look back to last season, Nottingham Forest were uh, yeah, a home team. They, they virtually never failed to score at home for one. And it's like where they collected all their points. So if you're going to pick Forrest, it's going to be a home match. And yeah, I don't see uh, a player in the Friday game too. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a temptation, but it does seem silly to pay the extra 0.5 or 1 million for a player like Onana and just be like, Oh yeah, well he's going to get benched for, Matt yeah. Turner. I don't know if that's yeah. logical or not. I, I don't think that. I think I would just start Anana too in, yeah. in your in your, in, that, in that spot. I think once you, once you commit to spending five million a keeper, it's kind of like just start him most weeks. Well, so uh, you could say about Spurs, they're um, embarking on an attacking adventure under Ange Postacoglu. There should be a lot of shots. At, yeah, at Onana yeah. saves saves might save the day with him. High floor, week. right? High floor for him. Yeah. Um, all right. I mean, I'm planning to start Luke Shaw, you know, um, next week. So that's kind of yep. the same, same idea. Um, all right. Three more to go, Brandon. Number eight is I won't like it. 
but I'm okay having no Liverpool assets for game week two. I was not necessarily feeling that way the first 25 minutes, but after that, it was kind of exactly what I was worried about, which is just, who do you pick? I mean, Luis Diaz, Diego Jota, um, Gakpo was was not a relevant uh, asset, really. Like, you know, what's your... I don't know. What do you think? I mean, they have a, they have a great, if they play Bournemouth at home in game week two, um, I don't have any Liverpool players. I don't think you do either. No. Um, I, yeah. So what, are you worried about it or is it just like, let's just get <laughs> through it and hope Salah doesn't hurt us too bad. I think we, I'm feeling like we have to get through it just because of the Liverpool price points. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of our Manchester United midfielders, Bruno or Rashford has to become a Liverpool asset after or ahead of the Bournemouth yeah. match. Like, that's the only way I can see it happening. Which one, though? Like Diaz or <laughs> Jota? It's like, who, well, how do you pick? Yeah, Let's look at how they lined up against Chelsea. Uh, Jota was essentially the, the, the striker, the number nine. Diaz mm-hmm. on the left and Salah on the right. Gakpo and Sabazlai were the two eights, I guess you, you could call them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Gakpo, no, he's immediately out. Also, he's a forward. So who cares? Um, Sabaslai, Cool. If you really love corner kicks, maybe, uh, he's, he's your pick. <laughs> Look at you I think fun out there. <laughs> I think it, I, I'd just go for Luis Diaz because I think he's the cheapest and you know, he's no less attacking than Jota based on, yeah. um, what, what little I saw of them in the preseason than this Chelsea fixture. I mean, Jota is going to be the one closest to goal. He's good. Yeah, I guess maybe Jota. I, I just like the. I don't feel good about any of them. Is the problem? I could see any one of them not starting game week two, yeah. right? Even even Diaz who scored, I could see him not starting in, in game week two. And so, if if I'm already kind of doing that kind of math or, or that kind of like, it's like, well, what's even the point then, right? Like, I, I don't, I mean, who, it's like if they, if there are five or six different players who, who are all maybe equally likely to score, I think we could see a, a Darwin start as well um, in game week two. So if you have all of these different options and there's no kind of go-to, I mean, it, it's kind of a Man City problem, right? Which is that you have, you have Holland, Holland and Salah are the two goal Roombas. And then you have these all, kind of this like wide array of other options who, yeah, can get you a brace on on the right day at the right time, but it's like, it's like you know, it's like throwing a, a dice, right? And it's like, yeah, like you might, you know, if you're trying to get a six or whatever, it's like you know, one of the six times you're going to get it. And is it worth? Mm-hmm. Is it worth it? You know, it's just I don't know. Yeah, I I think that the fixtures are so good for Liverpool that it's going to cause a lot of people to think. But so my gut feeling coming into the season was, wow, you know, Liverpool have made a couple of signings that are. A, uh, exciting. Yep. Maybe they're going to push for second place. So they're going to, yeah. you know, at least be strongly considered for the top four based on yep. what we saw on Sunday. It's just more of the same from Liverpool. And that yeah. they're still in the recovery mode of the great Mane Firmino Sala era. Yeah. And we're just going to see more of that. And as fantasy managers, we're just going to have to grit our teeth as they go through yeah. some easy fixtures and bang in three or four, goals do you think it's ultimately worth it to spend the extra 0.5 million to get a liverpool asset in and then the fixtures change and suddenly you become uncertain about rotation are they actually going to be fluid in the attack against tougher opposition so this is kind of why i'm just kind of like no i don't want any part of it me too i mean in my head i'm thinking um if anything i want uh and bomo 
that's the that you know uh, that's where I want. I like I sort of my, my preference would be to go even cheaper and maybe um, I could actually even see maybe after game week two going if I save my transfer going from Watkins down possibly as far down as like Jao Pedro and then turning a four point five million uh, midfielder into a fifth um, in, into a fifth starting midfielder mm-hmm. and then going with like a three five two because. I just am really impressed by how many great cheap options there are in the, in the midfield. So, all right, two more uh, questions or two more thoughts here, Brandon. Uh, one is just kind of a look ahead one, which is uh, Liverpool deserve a serious look after game week two. And they're the victims of um, the fantasy preseason curse, which is that just when a team has a really tough start to the season, it's easy to it's kind of look past them and not mm-hmm. like focus on them too much in terms of your preseason content. And then they score, um, was it 12 goals <laughs> yesterday? It was like, they scored, was it, I think it was, well, it was I think it was actually like six, right? Was it, it five? Was six. It was five to it was, one. It was five. Okay. Five yeah. to one. It felt like they could have scored about nine. I mean, I, yep. I think Callum Wilson could have had a hat trick in the second half of that. There match. was a point in which Villa, I was just like, did they give up or are they just pushing so far up the pitch that, Suddenly, yeah. it's like a, a fast break for Newcastle every Wide two minutes. Open like yeah. Wilson, like unmarked. It was it was crazy. Yeah. You know, Salah had a couple moments like that today too. Salah really could have uh, destroyed yeah. uh, Chelsea. Yes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, okay, so the Man City match, that's a tough one. Uh, and so maybe we don't worry too much about game week two. If you just really love Desoc and you want to bring him in, I think I think it's okay. But I, you might as well wait a week. I, you know, I just don't see it. I don't see it as being a hugely appealing fixture. That's this way to Man City. I mean, that's obviously it's as tough as it gets. Uh, but from then on, you have Liverpool at home in game week three. And that's one of those ones where the fixture difficulty rating is high. But in all actuality, I think the, I would expect them to score multiple goals at home to Liverpool in game week two. Mm-hmm. I'd be very surprised if they didn't. Uh, so I think that the Liverpool matches uh, is when you could start to target their assets. I mean, I could, I mean, going Watkins to Isak in game week three is something I would consider Um, a way to Brighton in game week four. Again, not a great fixture, but, but probably fine from an attacking point of view. Right. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily be looking at their defenders um, for another week or two after that, but I think, I think I, I just feel like they're a team that looks, like they can score. They look like they're going to be able to score a couple goals in every match they play. And that's, that's always been kind of how's ammo anyway. And I'm feeling much better about Isak now as a kind of a long-term forward option. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, and I thought Harvey Barnes really impressed as well. At, um, and he's only 6.5 million. I thought it was interesting how it was Gordon on the left and Isak in the middle to start the match. And then they were subbed off of, <laughs> virtually at the same time for Harvey Barnes and Wilson. And it was like great partnership now between Isak and Gordon, great partnership we saw between Barnes and Wilson. Yeah. That, that is terrorizing to your opponent when you can just yeah. bring in like a, a wholly fresh new yeah. attack on one side of the pitch, not yeah. just one player that you have to keep tabs yeah. on. So yeah, I'm, mm-hmm. I do. I was. I was gonna say. I do think that that Barnes is long term a starter for for Newcastle. I think within the next couple of weeks, we start to see him start more. Yeah. I. I don't know. I don't know. There's. There's just a, so many options. Like Newcastle are suddenly. I mean, who could have predicted with all the money that they had that suddenly they would have 
a bench as deep and as talented as as the rest of the teams in the top four. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, uh, I mean, say I'm what gonna, you will about yeah. all the. So, oh, just you know, one last thought, which is just say all say what you will about all the Saudi Arabia stuff, but they have bought really well. Um, I mean, maybe I mean I, even Gordon who was the one who looked like the worst pick I thought played played well yesterday uh but then uh Sandra Tonali who just sort of yeah came in and immediately was looked looked terrific and so yeah yeah everyone kind of expected him including myself to be not as attacking as he was and there he was he was like eating Bruno Gamarish's lunch yep. uh fantasy wise so yeah they just they're just stacked I don't think I'm gonna do it until after they get through this Tough run of fixtures. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the fixtures really do turn for Newcastle uh, come game week six when it's Sheffield United, Burnley, West Ham Palace Wolves. Uh, Did you already read that off? If you didn't, that's just like a repeat for everybody. Nope. I I, I did not. So, yeah. So, if you can hang on, we are not going to talk wild card on this. Mm -hmm. It should be noted for all the people who are in pain listening. Don't wild card. Just take some transfer hits and move on with your well, life. This this brings us to number to number ten, uh, Brandon, which is the, yeah. our final thought. Which is, it. I, I agree. I, I I don't think most people will need to wild card unless your team is just absolutely insane. Um, you know. And uh, apologies to our friend Eric Freeman, by the way, who accidentally activated his bench boost. Uh, you don't need of, to uh, apologize. This. It wasn't your fault. I apologize to him in a general sense. I felt bad for him when that happened. He he suddenly realized with dawning horror once game week one kicked off that he had activated his bench boost uh, without realizing it like six weeks before, like when the game launched and he'd never unactivated it. Did you remember, wasn't there, it was like six years ago, maybe even longer, where there was a, a bug in the game where when game week one kicked off some managers, and I think you were one of them, it looked like you'd played a bench boost or free head or yeah yeah Yeah, i I remember being with you at game week one and you were you were you were struggling for oxygen in that moment (laughs) but they fixed it so i wondered when i saw that for our friend eric and the bench boost that that was the same thing but now he just he just made a whoopsie yeah so but anyway uh number 10 is it's fine to knee jerk in a game week two transfer there's just no reason to save a free transfer just on principle like I feel like a lot of people are going to advocate for being patient and for uh, holding on and giving yourself flexibility with two transfers. And I just don't always see the value in that. I think sometimes people get really caught up in, in the appeal of having two free transfers. And sometimes if you've got a problem or there's a player you really want to target, I, I think you should just move, especially now because um, the price changes get really aggressive early on in the season. And suddenly you're like, oh, I really wanted that player. And the player I wanted to take out for him has already dropped point two and he dropped point one. That's like a half a million can suddenly move in one direction or another. Um, and so I think, I think it's okay to move early. And I think, um, unless you've got a clear plan for what you want to do with two transfers, like in game week three, and again, look at game week three before you make any game week two transfers, because my team looks insane for game week three. I love, <laughs> like, I love all of the fix. Like basically I, 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 already like don't know who I'm going to bench. Right. And so it's, so think about that with game week three, like, okay, I've got two trade free chance for game week three, but I don't need to make any moves here. So if that's the case, you can almost see game week two as like a free, as a free transfer because you probably won't need to use one in game week three. So this is a great opportunity to maybe be a little extra aggressive. Maybe this is the week when you say, you know what, I'm just going to go for Diaby and just see if it works out, you know, take a, take a little bit of a punt like that. That, you're, you're just really feeling Diaby here. 
I well, I just thought um, he played well. I like yeah. I like the I like the the cut of his jib, Brandon. Mm-hmm. Good jib. Mm-hmm. Watkins at eight million. Are we getting value from this guy this season <laughs> based no. on one performance? We're not. Uh, <laughs> you know, he's a two week punt. He might be. He might be gone after yeah. after game week two. Let's let's see. I mean, I don't know. Of yeah. course, it's easy to say now, and then when he scores two goals next week. I know. I don't want to turn on him this early, but yeah, yeah so many so many red flags on Villa. But tough, we believe we match. believe in all the the villain supporters out there. It's gonna it's gonna turn yeah. around right quick. All right. Well, that is our, those are our 10 thoughts after game week one. Um, so thank you for listening. If you want to support the podcast, which would be awesome, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we'll do an extra podcast later this week. We'll talk more about game week two in depth. That'll most likely come Thursday evening. So keep your eyes out for that. Uh, once again, that's patreon.com slash always cheating. Brendan, do you want to thank our producer patrons? Yeah, big thanks to our biggest supporters, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy Chris Howell, Bob Scoon, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Janos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Andy Portlock at FPL Merch, Kerry Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Buffalo Wild Mings, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Vulgar Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Hertzig, Heath Cram, Thomas Tislov, Noah and Louise, Travis Grant, Julio Pena, Linus Wennerstrom, Dan Parsons, James C., Matthew Skinner, and Frode Jacobson. Rate, review, and subscribe. People are heeding the call, Josh. I'm seeing five Good. stars everywhere. And I'm naming lights. So thank you all for, for doing that and so sharing the pod wherever you can. That really does help us. And follow us on social media so you can keep up with what we're up to. Most active on Twitter at, at Hail Cheaters. For all this info and more, visit alwayscheating.com. All right. Thanks, everybody. And uh, send in those leaks. Talk to you soon. Leak, leak, leak. <laughs>